Are you ready to make a real difference in the world and especially to the people around you? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast, where we celebrate the road less traveled in business, leadership, and life. We welcome you to another conversation that we believe will provide you with the insight and inspiration you need on your journey. Here's your host, Kevin Monroe. Welcome to episode 131. I am truly delighted you've chosen to listen to this podcast and that you've joined me for this episode of the podcast. I hope it inspires you, perhaps awakens you or something in you and serves you well on your journey. Hey, in just a moment, I'm going to share the backstory for today's conversation. But first, let's ground this conversation like we do in all in gratitude because once we get started we'll be rolling hey if you're a regular you know that for over a year now maybe a year and a half now i've started every episode by asking our guest what they are grateful for or by asking you what you are grateful for and by sharing what i'm grateful for and today since it's just the two of us sitting down i'm going to ask you what are you grateful for And I'm going to share what I'm grateful for. So pause and ponder what's something you're grateful for in this moment that you're joining me. Well, for me, there's a lot at this moment. I'll save part of it as the backstory to this conversation. But for now, I want to say that I'm grateful for inspiration and community. And especially those times the two are connected. And this is one of those. Right now, we're in the middle of a session, the 2020 kickoff session of the Gratitude Challenge. Well, the Gratitude Challenge was birthed out of inspiration. If I go back to June of 2019, there was a morning that there was this idea that was just there. Wherever ideas arrived, there was this idea, launch a Gratitude Challenge. So I called my friends and collaborators, Steve Foran and Christy Kern, and they were all in. So we launched a gratitude challenge. And then I'm grateful that on January 2nd of this year, there was inspiration to host a January session. It wasn't planned. And all of a sudden, there was inspiration to host one that happened on January 1st and then again on the 2nd. So... Here we are in the middle of a gratitude challenge, and I'm just grateful for the way that projects like the gratitude challenge creates community. That's one of the most fascinating facets of this project. I guess we'll call it a project. It just allows people, like-hearted people from around the world to find and connect with one another, to engage in conversation, to encourage one another in this current session of the gratitude challenge this is our sixth it's just kind of like amped up a few levels but there's a story that came to mind over the weekend and i want to share it with you it's a story of connection so saturday when we were away i was with my family on the georgia coast enjoying some time off on the weekend but i started getting messages i got one from arlene arlene mendoza sent me a video and when Arlene and I had connected a few weeks ago. She had helped record a video to promote this current session of the Gratitude Challenge. And she reminded me then that during a previous session of the Gratitude Challenge, we had hosted a hangout, a gratitude hangout, and that she had joined. And during that hangout, she met Kat Hayes. Kat Hayes 
If you've joined the challenge or participated in a challenge, you know she's the artist in residence. So there was this time we were hosting this gratitude chat. It was Steve Foran, Kat Hayes, and myself, and we opened it up to anyone from the community. And on that particular session, Arlene happened to be the only one that joined. And folks, it's fine if only one person joins an opportunity like that. Sometimes it's even better. And it was that day. We'd gotten into this conversation. And at some point in the conversation, we talked a lot. We'd ask Arlene a lot of questions. And I turned the tables. I said, Arlene, do you have a question you'd like to ask us? And Arlene said, yeah, I'd love to hear your stories. And each of us shared our stories. And there was something amazing in that moment when Kat shared her story there was a moment of connection that sparked between Arlene and Kat since they've become very dear friends and are in constant communication with one another and then on Saturday Arlene sends me this beautiful video message that she just wanted to thank me and that she had made the decision that she and another friend, Teresa, are going to a meeting, a Humans First retreat in the UK in May, and that she's going to get to meet Kat in person, and they're going to have some time to hang out together and do some extra fun stuff. Well, at the same time, Kat was sending me a message telling me how excited she was that this friendship that has blossomed and flourished is actually allowing this face-to-face meeting together and do some really fun stuff together and hang out together in person and get to know one another. And folks, that's just amazing. It never ceases to amaze me how opportunities I have, that projects I host, provide these opportunities for amazing people from around the world to connect to get to know one another and to actually form collaborations, partnerships, projects together and friendships. So that's one of the things I'm grateful for. Thanks for letting me share that at a little more detail. And feel free to reach out to Kat and Arlene. They'll probably comment on this somewhere and share some of their story. It's just a beautiful story of friendship and I just love to see it flourish. And I'm excited that I have had a little part in helping those two amazing individuals become friends. So there's a backstory to today's episode that's also drawn from the Gratitude Challenge. And specifically, the day I'm recording this, I happen to be recording this on Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020. And this also involves Cat Hayes. If you don't know the Gratitude Challenge, the way we do is we have a daily prompt. And there are sketches that Kat creates as the artist in residence. And she had this idea for a challenge, a prompt, and it's the big dreams prompt. And today was the first time we've introduced that challenge. So we have, oh, 50-something challenges now, prompts for the challenge. And we introduce new ones, recycle some of the more popular ones, and just keep it fresh. Well, I was away last weekend, as I mentioned earlier, and so I was a bit delayed in writing the prompts for this week's post in the Gratitude Challenge, especially this one that was a new one. And I was thinking about it. And so when we arrived home late Monday afternoon, I sat down to write the post for the Big Dreams Challenge. Now, think about this. It happened to be MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. 
And considering that Martin Luther King Jr. is a personal hero of mine, it was only natural as I sat to write that post about big dreams that I made a connection between Dr. King, the big dreams, and the post we were inviting people to respond to about their big dreams or the dream of someone else that has inspired them. And I thought that after I wrote that, that I was finished. And then earlier today, as I was planning this episode of the podcast and was really planning on going in a different direction, I stopped into the community and read and responded to some of the posts. And suddenly, suddenly, I was overwhelmed with inspiration and that tees up what you are about to hear. So let's talk about big dreams. I want to talk about a specific big dream and then tap into some of the big dreams I have and invite you to share about the big dreams you have. So whenever you check a list of the most famous speeches in U.S. history or world history, more than likely, most surely you'll find a reference to Dr. Martin Luther King's I have a dream speech. Now, what you might not realize is that was not the name of the speech given in advance of the delivery of that address on that fateful August afternoon in 1963. So on August 28th, a hot, sweltering summer afternoon in Washington, D.C., Over 250,000 people assembled because something was wrong. You see, for millions, America was not the land of the free because they were being denied access to the American dream because of the color of their skin. Now, this day was not the first time a group had gathered in front of the Lincoln Memorial to protest racial discrimination that had obstructed them in their pursuit of what we affectionately here in America call the American dream. But that day, it's not just any day, it's the day that is remembered as the turning point in the civil rights movement in America. So 10 speakers took to the podium to address the crowd gathered around the Lincoln Memorial. Of those 10, only one is still alive today, and that's Congressman John Lewis, who at that time was a college student and was the head of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. So Congressman Lewis, we ended up being on a plane together some nine years ago, I believe it was, and I ended up in a conversation with him that resulted in a meeting in his office the following afternoon to which he spent an hour of time recounting the history of the civil rights movement with me. And part of this is what he shared. So it was decided that Dr. King would speak last. And part of that was they were thinking some of the crowd would have died down by then and not have issues with crowd control. And as you know, Dr. King was a gifted orator, and he was meticulous in his preparation. And as I said already, you might not know that that was not the speech or not the full version of the speech written that day. And we're going to include a link in the show notes to a story where this backstory to the I Have a Dream speech is shared. But just before Dr. King took to the podium to address the crowd, Mahalia Jackson, a legendary gospel singer, had roused the crowd by singing a spiritual classic. 
And after singing, she took her place on the podium behind Dr. King. About 10 minutes into the delivery of the 35-minute speech, Dr. King started improvising a bit. He used notes. And he reached a sentence that to him, as he started to say it, felt clunky. And instead of calling on the crowd to go back to, quote, go back to our communities as members of the International Association for the Advancement of Creative Dissatisfaction, that's what was written in the notes, he went with, go back to Mississippi, go back to Alabama, go back to South Carolina, go back to Georgia, go back to Louisiana, go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities, knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. He paused. About that time, as he had paused, Mahalia Jackson called out, tell him about the dream, Martin. Tell him about the dream. It was then, according to Clarence Jones, whom you can hear in this Wall Street Journal interview, he was an advisor to Dr. King who had assisted with the writing of the draft of the prepared speech. He was marveling that one of the world's greatest gospel singers was shouting encouragement to one of the world's greatest preachers. Jones, who was standing about 50 feet away from King during the speech, recalled that King at that moment looked over, glanced briefly at Mahalia Jackson after she had shouted, tell him about the dream. Then he took the text of the written speech that was on the podium, slides it to the left of the lectern, grabs the lectern with both hands and leaned in to those more than 250,000 people assembled there. And Jones remembered turning to the person next to him and saying, uh-oh, those people out there, they don't know it, but they're about ready to go to church. And that's when Dr. King departed from his prepared remarks and ad-libbed about the dream. A dream that he had dreamed of before, but never spoken as vividly or as passionately as he did on that August afternoon. You see, everyone gathered on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial on that day, they knew about the problems of racial inequality. They knew that the land of opportunity was not the land of equal opportunity. They knew about the social and economic injustice that they faced they didn't need to be reminded of the problem or the sad state of affairs. But the dream? Now that was something different. If they had had a dream, they had lost sight of it. To many, it seemed like an impossible dream. But Dr. King gave it new life that afternoon, and that speech gave the civil rights movement new life. People were invigorated, recharged, renewed because of the dream. Repeating the mantra, if you don't know the speech, we'll also include a link to that because it's well worth the listen. Repeating the mantra, I have a dream, he offered up hope that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character and the desire to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. And when this happens, he bellowed in his closing remarks, when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black and white men, 
Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. Wow. That was Dr. King's dream, and that's the backstory behind the speech that you may not know happened. Tell them about the dream. I want to know what's the dream that's in your heart. Maybe you're in touch with that dream. Maybe you can easily articulate it to others, or maybe that dream is lying dormant and needs to be awakened or You need to be reawakened to that dream. Maybe you need to dream bigger because life hasn't turned out the way you had hoped. And through a series of events, you've let the dream shrink. Or maybe you've believed it was a pipe dream that could never come true. I want to invite you to dream. To dream again. And I wonder what help, encouragement, or support do you need to do that? And I want to ask, who's your Mahalia? Who's the person in your life that knows you and knows that there is a dream inside of you that needs to find fulfillment and expression? And I also want to say that no dream is too small, nor is any dream too big. I'm a believer that all things are possible to them that believe. Dr. King's dream was not his dream alone. It resonated with a nation, and it ignited, and the world, and it ignited a movement that continues to this day, and great progress has been made. We haven't fully entered the promised land that he's seen, but great progress has been made, and we continue to make that progress. Well, before we conclude, let me share a little about my dream. Yeah, and let me tell you, I'm a bit reluctant to do so. Because this is the first time that I'm talking about this dream or this facet of the dream publicly. And you know, it's not fully formed yet. But what dream is ever fully formed when it's first shared? I know that Dr. King didn't have a 12-step plan of how his dream would be accomplished. But it didn't stop him from sharing the dream. And sharing is what allowed the dream to take root and grow. So I want to share a few things that are in my dream. You see, I have a dream. I see a world where everybody sees themselves as difference makers and everyone gives themselves or some part of themselves to making a difference for others. The scale or the scope of the difference you want to make is totally irrelevant. It doesn't matter if the scale of the scope of your dream is just your family, your immediate family, your personal life, your team at work. Your block, your neighborhood, your zip code, your city, your country. Or if you want to make a dent in the universe on an issue that is near and dear to your heart, whatever that is, I want to encourage you to dream it. And I want to invite you to imagine if, imagine if everyone was intentional with us one, just one single act of kindness, intentional act of kindness every single day, what would the waves and ripples of that be? Here's one single example that I saw earlier today shared by my friend Emma Lloyd from the UK. This is what she wrote in a LinkedIn post. One of the first emails in my box this morning ended with, have a marvelous day. 
and remember, you've made my day better already. End of quote. Wow. The wonder of kindness that made my day, and it was only 8 a.m., is what Emma concluded her message with. Attached to the post was a meme. A little spark of kindness can put a colossal burst of sunshine into someone's day. You know, I paused and I wondered, how long did it take Emma's friend to send that message? I'm going to guess it took a minute, maybe two. Imagine if everyone in your office or everyone in your community cared enough and invested enough one minute a day, two minutes a day to send a message of kindness, what the impact of that would be. That's a tsunami of kindness and positivity that we desperately need in our world. I have a dream where people pause long enough every single day to share an act of compassion and kindness with those around them, that they are, you are, a difference maker. I also have a dream of seeing difference makers from all around the world connecting with one another so that together we connect and collaborate, share ideas and insights, and are inspired and encouraged to take action on a much larger, broader scale than any of us could or would ever take alone. Alone, that idea you have may sound crazy, and you may sound like a crazy person for having that dream. And you know the dream, the dream that comes to you at night or wakes you up in the morning and rolls over in your heart and your mind over and over and it keeps knocking at your door and saying, let me out. The idea that you are afraid to articulate, to speak out because the people you share it with might think you are a crazy person, a lunatic and a dreamer. I want to tell you, you are not alone. There are others dreaming that same dream or similar dream and imagining a better, brighter future that you also imagine. Someone, someone has to be the first one to articulate the dream and set the wave and ripple in motion. Well, how do you know this, Kevin? Well, I just finished hosting another Decade of Difference call, and I see this in action. People who don't know each other but are wired to make a difference. And this idea of making the world a better place is an idea whose time has come. Believe it or not, not a week goes by now. And I just started reflecting on this just the other day. It hit me. Not a week goes by that I'm not introduced to someone who is on a quest to make a difference. Yet often they feel they are alone in their quest. And I have the privilege, I have the opportunity to connect difference makers in community and in communities because difference makers are definitely better together. So that's another dream that I have. There's another dream I have that I want to share with you. I have a dream of everyone. Everyone having the opportunity to be involved in meaningful work and doing work that matters and to see workplaces around the world filled with love, dignity, freedom, and respect instead of fear, insecurity, manipulation, and control. I know I'm not alone in this dream. My friends Tracy Fenton and Miranda Ash at World Blue lead a global community of people 
committed to freedom-centered workplaces. It's a dream shared by luminaries like Bob Chapman, CEO of Barry Waymiller, who envisions people returning home safely at the end of each day with energy, zest, and zeal for their families, their friends, their communities, because they leave work energized from doing work that matters and also being valued, appreciated, and respected rather than going home drained and depleted because the company sucked the energy in life out of them. Oh, I also have a dream of leaders who operate with gratitude and abundance, who see themselves as serving those they lead rather than suppressing them. They see their job as shining the spotlight on the great work of others and helping others step into that spotlight. And they create environments where people flourish and thrive. And in case you're wondering, that is not a fantasy. It's happening. Let's just see it happen more. I also have a dream of everyone having a strong sense of belonging in and to communities where acceptance is extended as a birthright rather than earned as a bonus for good behavior and performance. Uh, We talked more about that last week in a conversation with Rachel Druckenmiller, when we started talking about the cycles of grace and ungrace, you can hear more of that in episode 129, and we'll be revisiting that again. Well, I have dreams. You've heard several of them here. I have others, and I hope you have too. I hope you have a dream. I hope you have a dream, or I hope you have, if you don't have one that you can articulate now, I hope one starts revisiting, recurring, coming back to you, dreaming again. And I also hope you have someone like Mahalia standing beside you and helping you find the courage and the heart to share the dream so that that dream in your heart becomes reality. Hey, I'm guessing because you listen to this podcast and relate to me that one or more of these dreams resonate with you and fill your heart and fuel your heart with hope. I'd love to know what dream is inspiring you, whether it's one I shared here or some other dream. I hope you'll reach out and share it. I'm available on LinkedIn and Twitter, easy to find at Kevin Monroe, Kevin underscore Monroe on Twitter. I'm available by email, Kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com. And I'm available by voice or text by calling 678-744-5111. Thanks for joining me today. Until next time, I want to encourage you to take your next step on the journey on this road less traveled because it matters and you are making a difference maker and you are being a difference maker. I'm grateful for you.